thank you, Lord. We just need you, Lord, this morning. We thank you for, for us being able to worship, being able to praise you. Thank you for everything that you have done in our lives. Thank you for this moment that we are here gathering because of you, Lord, because you loved us and we just want to be closer to you. We want to hear from you. So ask God, your Holy Spirit, just bless us with this word, with this message that you have for everyone here in this beautiful church. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Good morning, OTC. Good morning. Good to see you all. Good morning. Thank you for joining us in this chilly morning here in the park. Uh, thank you for joining us there on Facebook. We're glad to have you here. Today we're going to talk about walking in faith. How we can live a life with joy, with fullness, knowing that God has our backs that God is with us, knowing this truth that when we die, we're going to be in heaven with God, with our Savior. And I like this verse from book of Psalm, chapter uh, 46, verse 10, be still and know that I am God. And I would like to answer the mixer question for you because I have a, a good example of how my faith was tested a few months ago. My wife and I were presented with this opportunity from my company to move to Canada a few months ago. And after thinking about it, we said yes. <laughs> we thought it was a good opportunity for the family and after praying, months went by and nothing happened. The process got stuck. We kept praying and I just was asking God for direction, for clarity. What was gonna happen to our family? Where was gonna be spending the next few months. And our lives paused. We're not doing any plans. We're not buying anything. We were just like your life is on pause because you don't know what's going to happen, right? And I got anxious. I got desperate. I kept praying, God, give me this clarity. I want you to act on this. I want to show your hand. Sorry, see your hand. And long story short, I started to take matters by my own hand. And I started to apply to different companies, look for other positions so I can bring this certainty to my family. And I noticed then, and talking to some of you even, that I was not giving God the space to act. I asked myself, why am I doubting God? And if I look back in my life, he's been there. He's been always taking care of us, giving us direction, giving us that clarity, giving us that certainty that I was not feeling at the moment. For me, that situation moved my floor, and I was like, okay, this is not certain, but what's certain? I mean, what's sure? Uh, what are you sure about? And that's how I learned that God was working with me in this situation and that he had what I needed. I just had to go back and look for it in his word, in his presence. Be still and know that I am God. And you know, the same happened to Abraham. 
if you learn from Abraham's story in Genesis, uh, we know that Abraham had a relationship with God. Through different conversations, God made Abraham a promise. He will have a lot of descendants, a lot as the stars in the sky. And then we learn that Abraham's faith was tested. How was Abraham not trusting God before his faith was tested? When God told him, hey, you're going to be father of a lot of descendants. You're going to have a child of your own flesh. He got desperate. And his wife, Sarah, she said, hey, why don't you take my slave? Let's help God. He's not doing anything. He promised you, but I don't see anything. I'm old. I don't know. If I, I'm, I'm anxious. There's not a lot of certainty here. So then Abraham marries his wife, servant, and he has a child with her. But then a few years later, God fulfills his promise to Abraham. And Sarah gives birth to a child. And Isaac is the son of the promise. And then we learn in the, in the same book of Genesis that Abraham's faith was tested. We know this by reading Genesis 22. Abraham's uh, sacrifice for his own son. And what do we know about Abraham? What do we know from reading to Genesis that prepared Abraham for that test? If we read this story from Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 to 13, we know that Abraham, God told him, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah, sacrifice him as a burnt offering on a mountain that I will show you. This was God testing Abraham's faith. Now we know that Abraham knew God. He had his faith in God, even though he was asking for his son's life. God spoke to Abraham. The Lord of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abraham said, you have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. Look up at the sky and count the stars. If indeed you can count them, so shall your offspring be. Abraham believed the Lord, and he credited to him as righteousness. So here we learn that Abraham, which was Abraham's name before God changed his name, credited God as righteousness. He believed God. Through these conversations, he knew what, who God was. He knew what God could do in Abraham's life. And that's our first filler. Trusting God is what puts you in the right relationship with God. Trusting who God is, not who you are, not who you know, but knowing that God is, is what puts you in a right relationship with God. We need to remember that it all went wrong 
death, shame, sin, pain. We didn't trust God's word. We learned this through Genesis 3. We also know that faith is the assurance of things unseen, not yet seen, not yet fulfilled. And in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Faith is confidence in what we hope for. What are you hoping for? Assurance about what we do not see. What you're not seeing in your life yet. Next pillar. Trust in the revelation that God gives you is what puts you right with God. And Abraham trusted God had a plan. If you give me this son as a promise to have a lot of descendants, and now you're asking me to kill him, how is this going to work? In my mind, it doesn't work. It doesn't make sense. But Abraham knew God has a plan. And we learn this by reading the story. The next morning when Abraham wakes up, after God asking him to kill his son, to sacrifice his son, he doesn't doubt, he doesn't hesitate. He wakes up, takes his servant, takes his child, and walks up to this mountain. And there's some light about this confidence from Abraham, knowing that God will provide. When we read Genesis 22, verse 5, he said, Abraham, to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham knew God will spare his son. And this story in Genesis 22 points to God's sacrifice for his son. And we have a few pointers there that we're going to go through. Both, both Isaac and Jesus are beloved sons who have been long awaited and are born in miraculous circumstances. And we can learn this from Genesis 22 and Matthew chapter 3. Second one, both sons carry the wood that is to be the instrument of their deaths on their backs. Genesis 22, 6, John 19, 17. In both cases, the father leads the son, and the son follows obediently toward his own death. Genesis 22, 3, Matthew 26, 39. And fourth, God provides the sacrifice, with which Abraham says will be a lamb. Genesis 22, 8, John 1, 29. And Abraham didn't know about this at that time, but he was pointing forward a future sacrifice that will save us all. Whoever trusted in this sacrifice, God himself will put people in a right relationship. Now God spared Abraham's son, Isaac, but God didn't spare his own son. Jesus Christ. Jesus was the innocent son who went willingly up the mountain to be crucified. In Romans chapter 8, verse 32, we learn, He did not spare his own son. God did not spare his own son, 
but gave him up for all of us. I want to share a personal story just to praise God and to help us connect with this love from the Father to his Son. And we know God loved his Son as we love our children. We have an unconditional love for our children. We could give our lives for them. And this helps us connect with this love. It was the year 2016, and our youngest daughter, Sophia, she was four years old. And she had this medical condition in her urinary tract, and that was causing a lot of infections. And infections cause fever, and she will spend days in bed, not eating well, and we're worried, and we had the blessing of having the opportunity to take her to the doctor, very good uh, doctors, and we decided that she had to go to surgery just to fix this issue, and she will go back to a normal life. And there we were, me and my wife in a hospital bathroom, and with Sophia laying in the bed, and she was watching some cartoons on the TV, and we were just praying, we were worried, and then the doctor comes to the room, he poured some drops in, in her nose and she falls asleep. <sighs> the doctor then takes Sophia and grabs her in, her in his arms and just takes her away. And me and my wife were just left there in the room. I remember just vividly watching the doctor going through these doors and I was not able to follow him. I was, that was off limits. We went back to the hospital room. We were play, praying. We were worried. We were sad. It was heartbreaking. Our four-year-old in a surgery room, I don't know, it was scary. And that left us with God. We surrendered ourselves. We were like God. And at that moment, I knew if I will choose I will be that one in the operating room, not my, my daughter. It, it's, it's amazing how much we love our children. How much God loved his son. And how much he loves us. This love that God has for us is called agape, or agape. It's a Greek word. And in John 3, 16, this word is used to explain the love that moved God to send his son to die for us. This unconditional love for us. And I like to think that God gripped the moment that his son was crucified. And the Bible doesn't talk a lot about this grief from the father. But we can have an idea about reading from the gospel, Mark 15. It was nine in the morning when they crucified him. At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. This is God grieving his son. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, my God, my God, 
Why have you forsaken me? This moment, Jesus was experiencing the wrath of God, the wrath of the Father, the wrath that we ex is explained in Isaiah 53, the wrath that we all deserve. I want you to think about this couple of questions. How can we live in faith, trusting God, living a life as if we knew this truth? This, we knew about this sacrifice. God gave us his only son for us. What do you love about your life right now that you have not entrusted God? Like the time that I entrusted my daughter to him. And what would you change in your life if you knew that God is with you? That God has your back? That he has a plan for you. Be still and know that I am God. Let's go over some truths that will help us be still by knowing God. We know that God has a word for all of us. He has spoken to us and we can trust in his word. Just being here this morning, God is talking to us. God sustains the world by his word. And we learned this in, the, in Hebrews chapter 1, verses 2 to 3. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. We are also sure that God's love for us is secured in Him. Not in us, in Him. It's secure in Him. And in the book of Romans, chapter 8, verses 38-39, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height or depth, neither anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God, that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And if, if you don't know this truth yet, if you feel like God is not talking to you, here's God telling you, follow me. And following God means trusting God, obeying Him. Go back to His Word. What is He saying to your life? We also know that we have inherited eternal life. To Christ, we are saints. Wayne was talking about this a few weeks ago. We are no longer creatures, but sons of God. And we are heirs of an eternal inheritance that, we can, that can never perish. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 to 4. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from death, and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Going back to my personal story, God gave us Sophia back. And I don't know if um, that Sophia in his hospital bed. 
And I praise God because we have Sophia. She, if, you know, if you've seen her, she's a nine-year-old, fourth grader. She's amazing, and she's a blessing. And we praise God for that. And what happens, though, when your wishes do not come true, when tragedy happens, when you don't hear from God, like you feel like nothing's happening. You keep praying. You have your faith on God, but you're going to this desert. You have to trust God has a plan. God's surprisingly, shockingly loving sacrifice for you demonstrates that you entrust yourselves and everything to Christ. And trust God with all your possessions, with all that you are. And even trust God with your loved ones. Now let's go over a few things that we can learn how to trust God. Trust God on this. Surrender your control to God. In the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 28, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. Even if you don't see or it doesn't seem like God is doing something, he's doing something. He's working in the background for you. Trust God with your worries. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Book of Philippians, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Trust God with your money. Book of Hebrews says, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. And trust your relationships to God. In the book of Mark, we learn about Jairus' daughter. He entrusted his daughter to God. And when Jesus went to see his daughter, everyone was laughing because they said, Jairus' daughter is dead. But Jesus said, no, she's sleeping. The child is not dead but asleep, Jesus said. And everybody started laughing. They didn't believe God. They didn't believe Jesus. And Jesus said, don't be afraid. Just believe. Entrust your future to God. Matthew 6, 34 says, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And Jesus said in Hebrews, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And in Matthew, I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is God speaking to you right here. I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. This is Jesus telling you, I'm with you always to the very end of the age. The only way we can bear suffering and challenges and tests in this world is by trusting God has a plan. Now I have a few steps that we can use to surrender back to God what he has entrusted you with. And we're going to go through Genesis 22, 
couple of verses. The first one is naming what you love most. What is it that you most love in your life? Name it. Take your son, your only son, whom you love. Genesis 22.2. Two, present what you love to the Lord. Give it to the Lord. Present it to God. Genesis 22, verse 2 says, Sacrifice him there as a born offering on a mountain that I will show you. Number three, die emotionally and renounce your material possessions. Genesis 22, verse 10, Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Number four, wait for God to show you his supernatural power through what you have presented to him. Do not lay a hand on the boy, because you have done this, and you have not withheld your son, your only son. I will surely bless you. This is God telling Abraham, you trusted me. I will bless you. Church, let's, let's live our lives putting our faith in God, what we know about God, who God is, what He's done in your life. Let's live life like Paul said to the Galatians. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life that I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I encourage you all to follow Jesus, to trust him with your life, present him with all that you love, all your possessions, your loved ones. Just trust him that he will take care of you. We're going to go to some breakout groups, but before that, let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for going through the sacrifice of your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for loving us this much and for having given us a way to get to you. Thank you, Lord. For, the, for following the Father's will. Thank you, Jesus, for being the innocent lamb who said, shed the blood for the forgiveness of our sins. Jesus, speak to our hearts. Show us how we can honor this sacrifice. Show us how we can live a life that reflects our gratitude by being obedient, being faithful to you, God. Father, you have shown us the way, which is your Son, Jesus Christ. Give us wisdom and strength to choose following you and obeying you every day and in every area of our lives. In the beautiful name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.